Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Ready? I'm ready. I'm going to have one more burp and then we'll be... I'm going to force it, sorry. We're good. We're good. The Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist Watchers and Just Like That, The Sex and the City Rehill with me, Deborah Francis White and my very special guest, Alison Spittle. Season 2, Episode 5, Trick or Treat. Okay, so, Alison. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. A quick recap. Uh, in this episode, Carrie almost kills a man mm. and then refuses to leave until he kisses her. Classic Carrie. And she proves whether stationary or moving bikes in this world are fatal for men. <laughs> oh, no. Potentially, potentially. <laughs> Miranda realises living with Shay is awful, what we've known all the time, and she moves in with Naya midweek. Che punishes her by saying, we'll do it then. Charlotte's Kid Rock gets a modelling job and Harry behaves like a madman. LTW throws a costume party and remembers to invite people this time. Her husband behaves like a madman. (laughs) Seema dates a man who pumps his penis up but objects to her solid gold vibrator on the grounds that it's too loud and not cool. We beg to differ. A solid gold vibrator in a drawer, a pristine drawer with nothing else. No bits of tissue. Or... She didn't have to blow dust off at her anything. No. Like there was no. Oh, it it's under a, it's under a novel and around the back. Yeah. and there's a book light. And where is it? You know, you know, you know. She's got the cleaner on that. That, like, that is, is cool. You know? That is absolutely cool. It's not the first time we've seen a goodie draw in Sex and the City. That's a mm. a well established trope of Sex and the City. And so that is what happened in this 
week's episode. So how have you been getting on with this series before we begin deconstructing this puppy? come to the realisation that I actually like this show and Mm. I felt compelled to watch the show last year, last time. The last season I was like, how bad can this get? And I would cringe and it would be like watching... Oh, it would be like the way I would watch Celebrity Big Brother or Geordie Shore and it would be like, I'm looking at the worst of humanity here played out, like, you know. <laughs> so that's the way I was with uh, and just like that. But this season, I just have to admit to myself, maybe I like it and maybe I think it's a little bit good. Mm. And I love the way in your recap as well, you said Charlotte's Kid Rock very quick. And I was like, oh, Kid Rock, is he in this? <laughs> No, Charlotte has a kid called Rock, Rock yeah. but it does sound a bit like Kid Rock, the actor. It does. Yeah. I'd love to see him in just like that. But yeah, I, I do. I think I like it. I think maybe the episode before this one was when I kind of realized I liked it. And it's it's kind of, it is doing that thing of when I watched Sex and City back in the day, I wasn't sexually active. Now I'm watching it. Uh, now I'm just like that. And I am. So I'm kind of getting the Sex in the City experience mm. of watching something and going, oh, yeah, you know, like I know people have been through that or I've done that or whatever. So I'm not saying what, <laughs> but like uh, I, I am enjoying it. I am enjoying it. Well, I will say that this season has become more sexually active. Last season yeah. was sort of sexually flatlining. Yes. And this season is active. There, there, There's old storylines. And I have to say, yeah. this episode, while not vintage Sex the City by any means, it did have echoes. It did start to feel like its old self. It's like it's coming around. Somebody's got out the... Uh, what do you call the Packerwackers here in Australia? They're called Packerwackers. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Packerwackers. Yeah, because Kerry Packer was uh, needed them and he paid for every ambulance in the country to have them. What do you call them? Uh, Babes. You put it's, them on the in the on people if they've had a heart attack in an ambulance. They go ching ching. Oh right, okay. I thought this was a sex thing, and I was like, oh, this dude needed them every. So yeah, the what the little plasters, isn't it? That you attach to the chest. No, no, the the things that you put on the chest and go bang bang, and oh yeah, you chest... put them together and you go yeah. clear, and then yeah, that's right. Yes, well, yes, I don't know yes, what yes, those yes. are called. I don't know what they're called either, but in let's Aust- go packerwackers. In Australia, they're called packerwackers. Yeah. yeah, so that's like someone has put the packerwackers on the show and slightly, I feel, Mm -hmm. brought a little bit back. So let's look at those storylines. The first one, let's look at Carrie. And I'm going straight in with an Easter egg here. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because George is the man who unaccountably can't use his bike brakes. Yes. As he's coming towards her, he's shouting, bike lane, bike lane, and not braking. I know, he's one of those pricks. You know, one of those cyclists. I mean, as a cyclist myself, but there are a certain type of cyclists that thinks that um, they own the road a bit. So, wow. yeah. Um, he came off worse because she, to be fair, was in the wrong. But was I still she in think the wrong you, that much? I think she was a little bit in the wrong, but he should have slowed down when he saw her coming. Just yeah, he was in, coming up to a junction with people crossing the yeah, road. Yeah, I think just shouting bike lane isn't as good as using your brakes mate but look if, if, if yeah, yeah yeah he must you, have known though that do you know were. what my easter egg is i have a feeling well i've got a slight easter egg about him yes the guy who plays that man is yes. marissa hargitay's husband who is the main lady in law and order and the daughter of that woman who Died in the 60s. This is very Easter eggy. But Arnold Schwarzenegger played her husband in the telenovela of their life. Do you know who, like a famous 
a blonde haired actress. She died in a car crash. I, I don't know who that is. Okay, but I bet in, your Easter eggs better than that. No, no, no. In the words of Samantha, ding, 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 jackpot. Okay. In as much as it is about that actor and all of the things you're saying are accurate. Beautiful. But when have we seen him in Sex and the City before? Oh, God. He's bet. I bet he's. I don't know. I can't. He's not. He's not a big character. So I presume no. he's just like. He's, he's, he was in Premature ejaculating onto someone. <laughs> What a great guess. <laughs> yeah. No, he tried to prematurely ejaculate. Oh, but yeah. It was too premature for Charlotte because she'd just had her heart broken. Do you remember when Harry uh, left her and because wouldn't come back? Oh, yes. What? Where did she go to try and meet men because she was so lonely and sad? God. She'd recently become Jewish, so she went to... This is, I don't know, mate, you have to do, you know, I'm not going to get The, the synagogue had a Jewish singles night. Right. And uh, Was it called Single Gog? It was not called Single Gog. It, it but, should be. Uh, well, I, I mean, should it be? <laughs> it, it, it's amazing that pun wasn't made back in the day because they loved their pun. I feel it's a very pun. Sex in the City. It's yeah, such a Sex in the City. Yeah. From sing, and she'd, she'd go such, it would be in the voiceover, she'd go from synagogue to Single, single Gog. gog. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Charlotte yes. was, there were some mums at the synagogue trying to set their sons up with Charlotte. Oh. And there was a chap called David. She dated, I think, a couple of guys that were gay or they said, oh, my mum's trying to set me up, but right, what she doesn't yeah. know is I'm gay. And then someone set her up with a guy called David who was mm. absolutely perfect. Mm. Perfect in Sex and the City terms, i.e. Mm. good looking, rich, went to the right university, you know, just the very narrow limitations of, of oh, Sex and the City and especially perfect. Charlotte. He was the perfect guy, but he might as well have been, you know, chop liver. What did he do? He wasn't Harry. Oh, oh, that's And she lovely. said, uh, and then he said, she said, I'm really sorry, I just can't get over the breakup. And he said, well, do you want to go have sex anyway? And she said, no, I'm okay, thank you. And then in walks Harry. Do you remember? Oh, my God, that's so beautiful. Yes. And Harry walks in, gets down on one knee and proposes to her in the middle of the singles night. And I mean, that is, is that is cooking. And, the, the there Harry's were, <laughs> and there are women in the corner going, oh, my God, I'm definitely coming back next week. <laughs> I think you've got to choose your places to uh, to propose. And I feel a singles night is insensitive, I think. Quite insensitive. It was rude to the others, but Charlotte oh, loved, loved it. it. Yes. And so David was uh, somebody who was a hit and miss that time as well. Mm. And he was a hit and miss in this storyline. Yes. Because Carrie... What would you do if you felt responsible for someone else's accident? What would I do? Mm. Would you take them to the... I would take them to the hospital. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, come here, come here. You're asking me. I'm a pushover. So I would like... <laughs> I'd take them to the hospital. I would uh, and do from... errands for them. Probably a hand job. I don't know. Like, I would... Well, he couldn't do his own hand job. He <laughs> no. broke his wrist. Exactly. That's why I would from... help the guy. And from pushover to... Pushed over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. he could no longer do what the young people sometimes call a wristy because he had a broken <laughs> wrist because he'd unaccountably not used his bike brakes and not wanted to run into Carrie Bradshaw. When, when he when he had that attitude with Carrie at the start, I would have been like, you can, I'm afraid of you. He was a bit aggressive. He was quite I know aggressive. he was in vain. Yeah, I didn't, but, I mean, they sometimes do that in Sex and the City. They have these men that are kind of like, Ugh. You know, it's a little bit of hard-edged. And I think they it might always... be TV shorthand for we're having a rom-com clash. Totally. 
But then she thinks he's broke because a very aggressive man calls him and goes, where's the deck? It's due in two days time. And I was like, hold on, mate. Two days time. Yeah. Who rings their partner? I have two deadlines that I'm way over with and I'm triggered by that man. Yeah, really triggered. I was opening up final draft. (laughs) (laughs) But if you and I were working on a project together and we were meant to be meeting at the BBC. Yeah. And I was there and it was half an hour, you were half an hour late. And I thought, oh my God, we've been waiting for this meeting for ages. It's with the head of comedy. I can imagine at that point when you're going, Alison, where are you? Oh my God, shall I just go on without you? Mm. Oh no. And being panicked. Yeah. Two days before, if you promised me some pages, I might ring up and go, oh, how's it going? Is there anything I can do to help? What yeah. I would not do is ring up and go, where are you? We've only got 48 hours to go. Why are you not? I know. Yeah. And then he says, I'm well, I'm in urgent care. And he goes, This is urgent. If you said to me, actually, Deb, yeah, I'm an AE, and I went, Annie, you lazy bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Get a bit of R and R and A and E, are you? Like, yeah, he was he was too much. That man needs to like for his own health as well. He's gonna do himself (laughs) an injury. These people are not young anymore. You know what I mean? Like I think if you're that stressed all the time, you are going to get yourself done in. Like that man mm. needs to cop himself on, as they say. <laughs> Did uh, they say that? The Irish do. <laughs> 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 what I mean, they. I um, mean, I, we. The, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, um, yeah, it, it was way too stressful. But then, like, talking through this, so they go to the A&E, he's mm. calling, and then the man is surprised that Carrie is still there mm-hmm. at the end. And it was interesting, the bit where, you know, they were doing out the form and I was like, this would never happen. But I see why they did that then because she remembered his address. And That's quite romantic. I think for a TV show, yeah. we, were, we can suspend our disbelief for long enough to go, oh, she's found out his name, his age, I know. everything about him. But she thinks that he's broke because he's desperate to sell an app because he's it's very strange Slightly emotionally, I think mutually abusive partner rings yeah. up and goes, what the hell are you doing lying around in urgent care when you should be hitting a deadline in two days' time, Martinus? Yeah. He then comes back out. She thinks, oh, no, 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 he's broke because he can't. his mm. credit card gets rejected or whatever and he has to put another one. When his credit card got rejected, do you think she should pay at that point? Because she's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. I did. And she... Knocked him off the bike, actually. Some soup. Can you imagine if Elon Musk knocked you over and then he came over with three bowls of soup? <laughs> Can you? Well, would America's you? so litigious. Yeah, and I would yeah, think yeah. you just go, but I think maybe that's because she referenced I don't want a lawsuit. And in America, if you say, don't worry, I'll pay... He can then go and say, look, evidence that she was right, at fault, she paid. Right, right, right. That's interesting. And also, like, um, the other thing about this was that, like, uh, she brought over the soup to him. And the way that, like, we're, when we're talking about suspending our disbelief, mm-hmm. I mean, I love watching TV. I love watching Sex and City because it's kind of not realistic. But what would be realistic to me is, like, uh, that he would get knocked down, they would swap information, and then he would kind of get angry over a series of weeks and maybe internet troll her or something. Like, I'd love mm. to see, like, Carrie get... Uh, um, that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> you were like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I was thinking of storylines. I think, Alison, you should be in that writer's room. Oh, but it's <laughs> That's hard to depict, isn't it? Like, just some guy going, you bitch. <laughs> like, typing it down. But um, I love Sarah Jessica Parker. I think she's a fantastic comedic actress. Mm-hmm. But I don't like 
I don't like watching her kiss people. Mm. I, I felt there was no chemistry mm. between them. Like, uh, yeah. I used to think she had, I mean, she. I think she had chemistry with both Big and Aiden. Yes, that's but true. But Berger, mm. I, for reasons known only to myself, I watched a couple of episodes in preparation for this while I was doing a deep dive. And the old show, yes, it's dated and yeah. all of that, but my God, was it artfully created. The, mm. the, the strands and the, the pickup and the drops, the things you didn't even notice the first time. It was a HBO show. It was, it art, is, it was you know, so good. It's so it good. It was so good. I think it's, re- it's filmed really nicely. I feel like I'm getting quality. I have to just admit, I like it. I think it's well made. Um, I think some of the writing's a bit dodgy uh, at times, but, but like it's improved so much. It's it, we have to give it an A for improvement. A for this, improvement for this episode. I have and the to bit, say the bit where she's typing and then he holds her wrist and then they start kissing and then like uh, the dude comes in with laundry and he's like, "You're a month over with your who is this man? <laughs> what kind of relationship do they have? It's so bizarre. He lets himself in. He's he lets picked... himself in with the washing and then like sees if I saw my mate kissing yeah. someone on the couch, you'd be like, "Oh, sorry, I would, oh, I would drop off the thing and get out. Like, yeah, I would get out. But and you might say to your partner like text and just go, "Oh, just checking in on are we up to date? And yeah. I'm just a bit worried because you've now had an accident and yeah. is there anything you need me to do? But just to go, dude, what are you doing? I know it was awful that man he needs to get out of that relationship and Carrie ends up the joke is sort of Carrie ends up like you're really already married to your business partner yeah but she should be helping him out yeah if you were married to that person if that genuinely was a marriage you'd be very very worried about that person let your business partner come he's very stressed why are you blocking him (laughs) why like he's dropping off his laundry and then he's like no you can't continue yeah I think he's I think he's dropping off the dry cleaning to show that he's really like a wife or a husband to him. He's a multi-multi-millionaire and I'd say that's like, it gave me an understanding of billionaires now and why they want to kill lions and do all this like weird stuff like cannibalism <laughs> and stuff. It's because they're highly stressed. Mm. They're, they, some people shouting at them constantly. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe and they just don't know what to do anymore so they have to do something far out and outrageous because they've done all the normal things. Exactly, exactly. But did you like his place? Like, like I mean, typical Carrie, if I knocked a man off his bike, even if it was a bit his fault, which I think it was, yeah. he would not have that palatial penthouse. So typical Carrie, she can only run into rich men. Oh, she just trips and falls into rich dick all the time. <laughs> like, but, it's... but as rich as that, yeah. as you put it, dick, yeah. sorry to be Charlotte, was... <laughs> I did not like his place because he had very high windows that were not you couldn't see out of, and yeah. it was like an aircraft hangar. I I didn't like that place at all. I would if I went there, yeah, and brought a man soup, and said I'll help you, and he had windows that high, no one could see and no one could see out, and it felt like if you screamed, no one would hear you. Oh, I and then been, he yeah. touched my wrist like that. I would be running. I would, would you run. be running? Yeah, I would run. <laughs> I felt very uncomfortable. I was like. Yeah. I was like, he's like such little wrists. I was like, okay, you're going to eat them? Like, I didn't <laughs> like, I Like was an just, hors d'oeuvre, these little wrists. It I, was given very free men and little baby, uh, like 80s massive flat vibes. Yeah. It was. I just didn't like the no natural light if I'm going to have an opinion on the real estate. So eventually she says, look, you're really married to him. He says, no, 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 it's more like Lennon and Cartney. And she says, that makes me Yoko. And yes. I feel like they had a few zingers and Absolutely. She was given great. Old school lines this this week, like like old Sex in the City. Her acting, the bit where they're on the bed and they're going to have sex. And once again, cock black eye is uh, rings up. <laughs> 
cock blockamus or whatever this man is uh, calls up and I, I do love the touch of like you know constantly on the video phone but she she's there beside the phone and she's trying to be quiet and slips away and it was really really funny and I really mm. enjoyed it and I was like this is giving good vibes yeah. this this feels like old school sex in the city but with modern touches like absolutely you're sitting a video there next phone. to a next to a FaceTime and you're trying not to be seen by it god I sound so old saying video phone <laughs> video phone video, video phone, phone for the for the children listening, yeah, FaceTime. that's FaceTime. Uh, Miranda, mm. now Miranda, let's get the, let's go there with straight with let's go there with Miranda. Miranda and Che, Che and Miranda. Ugh. I don't know that the writers know that they are writing what it seems to most viewers. I think yeah, for really these like a really narcissistic relationship. Yes, but in this one, like. Yes, Miranda gets up and annoys Che, but Miranda's mm. going back to her home to make her kid breakfast and says, well, Brady won't get up unless I get him up and he's still at school and all of that. Fine. We get that. But then Che is up till 3 a.m., but like really loudly, I haven't got any papers. They're not playing video games or something. I have any papers. Can and I'm like, imagine? I think maybe one of your six mates who've been smoking weed of you all night might have some papers. And if they don't kick them the fuck out, they're leeches not bringing their own rat, like, you know, papers. They're own Rizzlers. Yes. I'm sorry for swearing. <laughs> I get very passionate over this. It just, it just felt like a really strange scene where it's one will understand why someone else is working. And if, if Che's like, Comedians kind of only really socialise midweek, don't that's they? That's true. Actually, that's very true. Not and it's Chase, it's Chase flat and all that, fine, whatever. But you know that your partner is up at a crazy time. It's a you bit strange. Like, yeah. It felt a bit strange, but okay, we, we'll accept that. It's a television show, we get it. What the writers are trying to signal there is one's up early, one's up late, and they're yeah. stepping mm-hmm. on each other's toes and no one's getting asleep. We get it. But then Miranda is talking to her friend Naya, Naya yes. says, oh, well, look, my husband's left and there's a spare. You can crash in his music room. The music room, room. yeah. Everyone in Manhattan's got a music room, well known. <laughs> or maybe Brooklyn, I can't remember. Yeah. I think maybe Brooklyn because they lived in Brooklyn. Put a sleeping bag on a set of drums and just... Uh, yeah, she's, yeah, she's looking for a second-hand single bed, um, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. We get that. And she says to Che, hey, I might crash at Naya's so as not to... You know, mm. disturb your sleep and not to get my sleep disturbed. Shay's reaction is, oh, sure, whatever you want. And I thought, oh, that's uncharacteristically mm. nice of Shay. And then at the first opportunity, when Shay's feeling emotional, he goes, why don't you go and stay at your other place and actually don't come back? And for me, that's a real narcissistic move, which is, oh, it's fine. You want to stay somewhere else? I'm not going to stop you. Ooh. And then it's like, Oh, I'm feeling a bit low tonight. And clearly they're about to go to bed. Why don't you go and stay elsewhere? And she goes, I understand. Okay, I'll see you tomorrow. No, no, I'm going to need a few days. That's interesting because the way I saw it was, I mean, so Che gets, I think, tortured by being in. Number one, why would you be in a room that's beside, uh, what do they call it? The thing where Testing. There we go. Would you do that? Would you be in the presence of the public while no, you no. get they get asked about you? Like it I don't feels believe like people do, do that. Chase no. manager is shit. And is well, you brought this up to me in the week. You literally yes. texted me before this to say, "Does Chase have a manager? Yes. Where is Chase manager?" And Where then this Chay's week, manager? what did Chase say? They said, "My agent's even going to be at the testing." So clearly, they do have an agent. So I nearly texted you. Go, Alison. 
They have an agent. They've <laughs> yeah. got an agent because you texted me and go went, where is Che's agent? Could you yeah. unwrap for our listeners why you are worried about why Che doesn't seem to have an agent? But because like in America, it's even we. So in Britain, you have agents, but like the American comedians I've talked to, they have agents and they have managers. And there's, mm-hmm. the managers are for like the, the planning of the long term career. And they're there to like... Um, kind of just help uh well they're there to take money and then mm. and help and like a strategy strategy absolutely strategize and uh as like i've had agents and different agents have been sitting with me for uh some events that i do and they've been they check in on me and see if i'm okay and like they'll if they got bad news they'll give it to me on monday rather than the Friday, so you can have, like, a nice weekend or whatever like that. And it seems like Che is getting, like, uh, why isn't Che discussing this with their manager, like, such as Tony Danza's character being changed from Irish to Italian, or um, the, what's the other thing about this? Uh, like, the manager should have said, you don't have to go into testing, I'll go into testing, and then they give that information back to Che. But they give it more tactfully. Oh, way more tactfully. They wouldn't even that wouldn't even mention that people didn't like them. I don't know anyone who would personally detest it. Now, I'm not saying no one's ever done it. I'm not saying that's impossible. Yeah. I, I'm implausible. I'm saying I don't know anyone who would do it because no matter what, you are going to hear things that are going to get into your head. Oh, like... That can never get out again. Yeah. And it just could be some person just going, I didn't like their personality or they're not for me or... I didn't. I don't like the way they look, or something like that. And totally. They're being encouraged to just say everything that's coming out of their head. Yeah. And they might not be a tactful person, or they might be a racist person, or a, you know, we don't know if they're queerphobic, or so you wouldn't, especially a non-binary person. I just don't think they would sit and no listen like that. But okay, it's a TV show. We want the most dramatic scenario, so let's say they do. Mm. I was talking to Jessica Regan, who did this podcast yes. last week. She said to me, my God, I think this was the Sex of the City writers writing us talking about Che because they've looked at the internet and seen what we've been saying. I think this was a direct communication with the viewers. I enjoyed it. Like... <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, with the Che thing, it's like the other genderqueer person that was in the testing room kind of just said everything that I felt about Che. Like it felt like a dad joke, like boomer mm. jokes. And like, and it's maybe Che's not supposed to be that funny. You know, che, maybe oh. Che's not supposed to be like, wouldn't that be a... Um, I'm really sorry, Alison, because you you're fine. Them, what the listeners can't hear <laughs> is that... My bra strap got twisted, so I tried to subtly yeah. undo it at the back and twist it round because it was just annoying me so much. Yeah, look, you can keep it off, Debs. It it's feels fine. like a real Samantha move, this. It's just like <laughs> I'm taking my bra off under my dress at the table. <laughs> and podcasting at the same time. Yeah. She can do it all. She it's, can do it all. It's more like Rachel, you know, when Rachel tries to take her bra off with one hand to attract uh, the guy that is shopping at her uh, using her personal shopping services. I've basically done that. I've taken oh, you it have. You've taken hand. it. It's yeah. fully off now. Let it's him really free. Annoying. Let him free. Um, che, uh, like, before I'd be like, this is crazy. This stand-up comedy is not that good. And why is this person so confident 
about stuff um like when they're doing stand up it feels like like as it's been said several times before like doing that uber joke and then thank you good night no one would ever end it like that the way you put it to me this week was the writers do not respect stand-up comedy no they don't and i don't blame them like i think (laughs) you're a stand-up comedian i know but i'd say one of these writers must have gone out of a stand-up comedian because we are getting red to filth especially this week Mm. i think stand-ups generally not like oh ah, i think to a degree we're a bit self-involved. <gasps> we think our job is incredibly important, right? When, like, it's as important as any other job. But we, you know, like, every waking hour I think about stand-up. Everything is about stand-up. My whole social life is stand-up comedians. My whole life is built around it. And I wonder what that must be like for someone to go out with someone with that. Like, I've never thought of this, but as a stand-up comedian myself, yeah, I've just realised we're all so self-involved. We haven't realised... That what they're parodying is Miranda's partner is a stand-up comedian. And it actually doesn't matter what kind of stand-up comedian you're dating, your experience with them will be, it's all about them, my taping, my job. I want to be in LA. Can you please come and support me? Oh why my are, God. Why aren't you wearing earplugs? Do you know? That mm. was the answer to that. <laughs> Jay was mad at Miranda for for being awake from their friend's noise. So like, yeah, we are. Oh my I, God, I think you're right. I did come to a realisation <gasps> today. I was like, maybe I'm wrong. But you know, sometimes when you watch something and it annoys you so much and then you come around to it and then you're like, oh, they were trying to tell me something. And then 20 minutes later, you're like, nah, it's just bad. So I, I'm at the stage of like feeling like I have a realisation that it must be the kind of like, absolute psychological warfare of going out of a comedian because when like come here we do jokes about our partners we definitely do jokes about our exes like oh, it that's must something be... they've not covered yet they haven't had her doing a set about miranda i can't oh. wait like i think it's probably gonna end badly <gasps> they're gonna break up and then Che's gonna do a whole set about miranda yeah i think that wouldn't have, I, I, that would be good that would be good. But like, oh yeah, I am. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's the thing with Jay. And I have to say as well, the bit where Jay said, oh, you can stay. Can you stay at someone else's tonight? I kind of get it as a <laughs> bit of a like, because because Miranda was trying to reassure her, going, they can all eat shit. They can all eat shit. Mm. And sometimes when you're like, because they must be spiritually broken from that experience of sitting mm. in at the testing thing. To have someone get angry on your behalf and you're in the stage of having a lull and just wanting to like uh, be depressed and mm. someone's angry on your behalf, it becomes frustrating. So I do see, but I, I, when you talked about the like, mm. uh, the kind of like, you you feel that you can be away from me you can be away from mm. me from a little while. that's interesting as well but mm. when i my watching of it was that che was like miranda you're being annoying and i'm so self-involved mm. this is the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone in their life when mm. miranda's child is suicidal and uh oh. wasn't that much mentioned like between che and miranda about brady which is yeah, a bit che mad. doesn't seem to have asked about brady at all like at the time their first response was simply, well, you ruined my whole big family scene. I mean, unbelievable. And Che is like, it's taken me 46 years to know who I am. Yeah. All right. Fine. Takes a lot of people a long time to find out who they are. Like, mm. you're not the only person that is like. Yeah, well, you... Miranda's older. Miranda's in her 50s. Yeah. 
And Miranda's obviously taken a long time to find out who she is, or at least who the side of herself, you know, she was married to a man in a very conservative job and she's finding these other parts of herself in midlife. And also, like, Che was married to a man before. Mm. Like, I don't know why there's a bit more understanding from Che. It's all like, oh, these other people you have in your life are superfluous because I'm important because I have to go out to LA to do a pilot. Mm. Like, they are a very selfish, horrible individual. And... I don't care how good at fingering Shay is, like, because <laughs> they must be the bomb, you know, because of the last season, you know. The, the only joke, because other weeks I've gone, oh, God, because I found the Are jokes you gonna a tell bit, it? Okay. but the currylingus joke, I just was like, no, 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 the I didn't cur- like it. The currylingus made, like it. It made my vagina crease upon itself. It cringed. Oh. God. Have uh, you ever cringed in your fanny? Because I did. My ovaries rolled up. Everything. Curry lingus. And they were sitting on that for a while as well. They were sitting on you that You can for a while. tell that they, they could not. Because there was no other reason for that scene. And again, not to go on about it, but in the old Sex and the City, all of those strands would have been linked. So if they were having a hot meal, yeah. there would be something hot in one of the other scenes and those themes would be linked. Yes. So we would see that heat would be one of the themes of the episode. They wouldn't just do it just gratuitously to have a curry lingus joke because there was I no know. other reason for it. And it just seemed like copycat Sex and the City rather than Sex and the City at its best. Uh, but mm. it is getting better. It um, is. Charlotte's Kid Rock, not Kid, kid Rock, the actor. Kid Rock, come on, Charlotte's Kid Rock. Charlotte's Kid, Kid Rock. <laughs> gets a modelling job. Yes. And Harry behaves like a madman. We've got a lovely Easter egg for you there. Beautiful. Season four, episode two. Do you remember when Carrie is a fashion roadkill? Carrie becomes a model for an episode. Yes, and they she's smoking in it and stuff. And is that that one? No, it's a different one. She's the one where she's I don't I don't remember her smoking in it, but she has to walk. She's one of the real people walking in some high fashion show. Yes. Yeah. And they're all excited to see Carrie walking in a fashion show and she's made to walk in her pants in the end. Charlotte in that episode says, I was a teen model when the Ralph Lauren store opened in New Haven. Oh. And Miranda says, okay, it was amazing that I could keep my lunch down just now. Now, this is an Easter egg that's just about me. Sorry to be a stand-up comedian. No, Sorry no, try- no. Go and ahead. I will say, I will say, um, I identify as much as a podcaster and a writer as I do as a comedian. So mm. I feel I'm only a third as bad as Che. <laughs> You'd have to ask my husband, but... I think Che is a very exaggerated form of... But, it, like, it is essentially the essence of a stand-up comedian. I've just understood wise. what they're parodying, and I've never seen it before, and it's... I is just... It? You're 100% right. Those Some of those writers have dated stand-up comics. Yeah. And that is what they're doing. And they did not have a good time, I think. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember Katie Brand's sketch show, Katie Brand's Big Ass Show? I do, yeah. There was a character, do you remember James Lance in Ted Lasso? He's, He's Trent good Grimm, looking. Independent. Yes, yes. In Katie Brand's Big Ass Show, he played Jesus. And wow. it was Jesus as a stand-up that comedian. That pretty fun. <laughs> it was definitely Jesus as a stand-up comedian. I fancy Jesus and James Lance. This is combining great. <laughs> this, is, that your, is that your dream Shag, James Lutz as Jesus. And this, well, the stand-up comedian bit would put me off, but like, <laughs> I love for the, the um, Jesus It's bit. definitely because Katie dated stand-up comics because right. he would have done, he'll have done the Sermon on the Mount. If you go back and watch, you probably there are probably clips on YouTube, but James Lance as Jesus, he's just done the Sermon on the Mount and he comes off and he goes, what, what do you think of it? What do you think? Like a stand-up oh, comedian wow. about, what do you think of my set? And 
it was Jesus' girlfriend. So Jesus' girlfriend would go, yeah, no, baby, you're great. I just thought you were really great. And he would be completely into what she was saying mm. until she stopped talking about him. And then he'd be like, oh, I'm just going to go off with my friends. And he would go off with the disciples who were the other comedians. Wow. And they would be like cheering him on as he was walking on water. <laughs> and it, it's so true. It's Jesus as a stand-up comedian. Um, Tom, just my producer Tom, is also my husband. Yeah. Not to be a cliche of a stand-up comedian, but uh, am I as bad as Che? I haven't watched enough, but uh, I'm sure it's... The answer is no. The answer is no. Exaggerated portrayal uh, of uh, someone who is totally unlike you and your stand-up comedian friends, all of whom I find charming and adorable. <laughs> and and psychi- psychologically, we're all doing fine, aren't we, Tom? <laughs> so, like, oh, my could... God. Yes, among the most well-adjusted people I've ever met. <laughs> Okay, all right, all right. I feel the answer was just no, because you've heard us talking about it. So even if you haven't watched enough of it, I feel you do know. Um, but I think me me mm. shouting the answer is no is probably not in my favour because it's exactly what Shay would say. I feel, yeah. Shay yeah. would go, Miranda, the answer is no. No. Um, uh. Because we think we're introspective because we talk about stuff but it actually just all involves us. It's fine. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's fine. We're we're fine people. Like we're we just are. a bit, you know, up our own arses. A little bit of the old navel gazes. Yeah, because we kind of try I, and be I, funny. I, I barely feel like that, really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is what they're parodying, though. Oh my god, it's genius, Alison. You've cracked it. We I've, could not understand. We were like, why are they writing this character? Why can't they have, why can't yeah. Miranda have an exciting new queer lover? Yeah. And yeah, have the, you know, things that she used to have with Steve or that Carrie used to have with Aiden, but without yeah. this character being like taking her over, she's left her job. She's just seems to be nothing like her old self. And it's like, they're parodying what is it, what it is today to stand up comedian. You are a genius, Alison. Thank you. And Thank now you. I've told you you're a genius. Do you feel 25% more like Che? Oh, I absolutely do. High? Yeah, genuinely. <laughs> I'm going to do a special. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to end with the worst Uber segue in the world. And oh just go, it's enough. It's enough. Yeah. Just drop the mic. Exactly. <laughs> um, When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, Guilty Feminists. It's Jessica Regan here, just jumping on to let you know of a couple of upcoming dates for our brilliant communication workshop, Big Speeches, which takes place online. The next date it's happening is Sunday the 16th of July at 10.30am. Then we have one in August on Sunday the 6th at 3pm. And then the last one of our summer season is Sunday the 3rd of September at 3pm. If you would like any assistance, help or development with communication, public speaking, confidence, charisma, all that good stuff uh, to take place in a joyful, supported environment, please do sign up for a place on our workshop. Go to guiltyfeminist.com forward slash big speeches to secure a place now. I hope you're having a brilliant summer. Hello, Guilty Feminists. This is Deborah. We're recording more live episodes and you can come and see us at King's Place in London on July 24th. Soho Theatre on the 11th and the 12th of August. We're live from Chichester on the 21st of August and we're recording episodes of The Guilty Feminist and Global Pillage at the London Podcast Festival on Saturday the 16th and Sunday the 17th of September. For tickets to any of these, go to guiltyfeminist.com and click on live shows. I'll be in Chichester because I've written a play called Never Have I Ever, which will be on in Chichester at the Festival Theatre at the Minerva for the whole of September. It stars Alexandra Roach, Amit Shah, Greg Wise and Susan McComer. And it's about money, sex, power, feminism, politics and running a restaurant. For tickets, go to cft.org. Dot uk That's cft.org.uk. They're really going fast and I'm not just saying that. You can also get ad-free episodes via Patreon, Apple Podcasts or Acast Plus. And if you're passing iTunes or Spotify and you wanted to leave us a five-star review or even you wanted to go there of your own volition, we would love you forever. It really does help other people find the podcast if you follow and if you review. And now back to the podcast. Uh, so... Moving on to yes. Charlotte's Kid Rock gets a modelling contract. Um, the Easter egg that is yeah, it's the Laughter season Ren, four. It? Laughter Ren in New Haven. Sorry, I did promise an Easter egg that was all about me. <laughs> Such a comedian. <laughs> I once lived near there, and I have been to that. That would have been my local Ralph Lauren. Not that That's I was buying amazing. Ralph Lauren, but yeah, I would have been hanging out. At that store. In the very place where Charlotte would have modelled. Yeah. Not in the same era, but I like to think yes. that I probably passed Charlotte when she probably went back there to buy some kind of... I was probably walking past the shop to go to the Starbucks. Yeah, where I could afford something. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, exactly. So this is a singular Easter egg, which is, I was like, New Haven. Um, anyway, Charlotte is very excited about this. What did you think about this storyline? I thought it was a, a nice bit of Harry and Charlotte kind of goofery and business. Um, <laughs> goofery and business. Goofery and business, yeah. <laughs> Attorneys like, at law. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was about like, uh, Harry obviously wasn't happy about this and was warning him. And it's kind of like that, 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 that rock or well, rock's a teenager. So I was going to say rock's very flighty. Like rock gets mm. distracted by a lot of stuff. Every uh, episode, it's kind of like a different aspect of their personality. But that is being a teenager, isn't it? So mm. yeah, I love Charlotte's optimism. I love that she got excited about it and uh, that she fully supported rock. 
I like that Harry. So Harry used his costume from the uh, from the from the Halloween uh, party mm-hmm. to go undercover, and then talk very inappropriately to very a man. Very inappropriately. Oh my god! I would if I was that man, I'd call the police. <laughs> What are you doing in a room with teenagers? You need to leave, sir. (laughs) So if you didn't see it and you're just, some people I've discovered are only watching it through listening to us. Wow. So just to fill you in there, um, they've been to a big Halloween party. Harry, who's normally bald, has got like 80s hair. That's his part of his costume. And he wears it to go incognito so his kid doesn't see him. And he swaggers in with the swagger of a man who looks at teenagers inappropriately. Like, <laughs> he really does. He really went With a wig, with, with an obvious wig. wig. Yeah, yeah. And what does he say? I don't know. He's like, hey, uh, he's like, how about them kids? I don't know what he said. What <laughs> so there's a say? green screen behind all the kids because they're all yeah. doing modeling poses and they do it from a green screen. They're so they jumping on a trampoline. It's lovely. Exactly. Mm. And Rock's jumping on a tra- trampoline, looking like a tweeny teen that they are. Yeah. And Harry comes in and says to the guy who's on the computer, what are they going to put on that green screen? Some sexy stuff? Some dirty stuff? I know. Like, <laughs> like what would they put the on that green The guy turns around and goes, I don't know, but this is a family shoot. There's kids here. What are you talking about? And he goes, okay. And then Charlotte goes, Harry, you better get out of here or you're never going to be fun dad again. And yeah. I'm like, that's the least of it. You're going to be arrested as a pedophile. I know. I know, but that would have been a longer episode of Harry using his law powers going like, please, it wasn't me. <laughs> While Ralph Lauren himself comes out and goes, you're disgusting. <laughs> That's the um, only way I do a cameo is to, to is to denounce a pedophile. It's great brand. I quite like Charlotte was there in head to toe, vintage Ralph Lauren. Yes, and when she said, "I haven't," time. yeah, I I've worn Ralph Lauren since I was a teen model. Yes, and the woman looked at her like. Mm. I don't think you should be boasting about being a model. And I thought I would say, oh, that's so sweet that you were a teen model. And then know, now your kid's a teen model. I um, thought they were going to make Charlotte model with Rock. I thought that was going to be a little oh, to go like, a it's lovely. a nice little story. But uh, yeah. Oh, that would have been really nice. Yeah. Uh, but Rock might have been annoyed by that. that uh, but then that would have been, yeah. I think been. that's a better turn than their dad creeping around like Getting a pedophile. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like a pedophile slug. He was. And to be fair... <laughs> The dad was somehow, Harry was somehow obsessed. This photo shoot wasn't real. It wasn't on the up and up. Yeah. A guy came up to Rock in the Park and said, oh, do you want to be a model? Here's my card. So I understand why any father would be concerned. Totally. But then when the mother checks it out and says, it's fine, it's Ralph Lauren, I'm going with them. That's the point at which Harry either says, I'll come to just absolute belt and braces. I need to feel safe. Yeah. Or says, I trust you, Charlotte. Mm. There is no third world in which he turns up in a bad wig and loiters around and goes, is there going to be any sexy, dirty stuff on that screen? This is what I love about Harry, you know. For uh, the last episode, he's he's got his ejaculate sorted out and he's a new man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's in, sorry. <laughs> I mean... He, I, I quite, I've always loved Harry as a character, actually. I, I find Harry, Harry's my man. Like, if I was if you to... you had to pick any of the men to be with, it would oh, be Harry. Oh, it would be Harry by a mile. You would marry by... Harry. I would do anything to Harry. I would a lot of them. Uh, probably Steve as well. I'd marry, uh... well, I think marry Harry, shag Steve, and okay. kill Big, but that's been done for us. Yes. <laughs> um, that's been done by the homicidal bicycle. <laughs> 
Peloton. That is the theme of this weather moving or weather stationary. Bicycles are potentially fatal for all men. This is all men. All men. I thought it would be triggering for her to have a man. Me too. And to be in hospital because I'm sure. And look, Nick, it's fine. Um, so at this point, uh, we need to talk about Lisa Todd Wexler, who throws yes. a, is it her party? I don't it's know like what party, party that was. No, I mean, so someone thanked Charlotte for being there. I didn't care. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the point is it was a fabulous big New York costume party. It was a fabulous big New York party. Fa- what we call fancy dress, what the New Yorkers call costume party. And, uh, the joke was, the girls hadn't really come in costume. Yes. Our, our, our three hadn't really come in costume. Yes. Carrie had come as Helen Gurley Brown. Never heard of them. Uh, <laughs> a 1970s Cosmo. I looked her up. The other Easter egg that I found is last week, Gloria Steinem was in the episode. Mm. And we talked about how Carrie openly said she didn't vote. Do you remember when she was dating that? No doubt. Uh, the water sports yeah. Yeah, sports <laughs> He was no doubt a Republican. I mean, there was just nothing that wasn't Republican about that man. Absolutely. Including, please piss on including me. Including, please, yeah, piss play. <laughs> and including, I'm going to dump you when you don't piss on me and say that you're a sleazy um, sex columnist. Um, so we pointed out last week that, yeah, she wasn't political, but what she said was, oh, Gloria Steinem, I've admired you my whole life. Guess the Easter egg I found. Guess. Oh, this is how, so is it something from, is it something from Ms. Magazine or something? Or? No, it is an episode called Attack of the Five Foot Ten Woman. Right. Carrie's um, invited to a writer's lunch where Natasha is going to be. Natasha's already oh, married yes, big. big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when she gets there, she says, can you see Natasha? And she says, no, but Gloria Steinem's here. And Wendy Wasserstein, Wendy Wasserstein being a, a playwright. Oh, and I was like, oh, my God, she's been in the same room as Gloria Steinem before. Mm. But she admired her work so much. She didn't go up and say hi to Gloria Steinem. She sat around sulking that her ex's wife wasn't there so she shouldn't couldn't show off her uh, fabulous new dress. And swear to God, Samantha comes up and makes a college peer yeah. of uh, Natasha say things like she – put on weight at college and she had a shower with a man and just like awful, awful, the most unfeminist things you could imagine. And Carrie was like, this doesn't cheer me up. She's still better than me. And I was like, oh my God, Gloria Steinem's literally in the room. Oh And my you gosh. are finding ways to obsess about and actually say really unfeminist things about the current wife of your That's, ex who you're obsessed with. I mean, that kind of makes me respect Carrie. She's got skin in the game. She... You know, she she is a Che, in a way. I really wanted her to say to Gloria Steinem, I've been at a party with you before, but I didn't say hello because I was so obsessed with my ex's wife. <laughs> that would be, do you know, but you know, Carrie would never remember it that way. She would not. She would not. But I thought that was as well to reference. What a what a beautiful Easter egg, a googie egg. Absolutely, yeah. Yes. I found it in watching, a, I did a little bit of archaeology this week when I needed a break from work. Yeah. And I watched an episode just to sort of chill out. And I was like, oh, my God, Gloria Stein was being mentioned. <laughs> and uh, I also saw that uh, that she not only she's admired Gloria Steinem all her life, all her life, not only yeah. did she lie to Aiden about her abortion because she was embarrassed by it, <laughs> she coined the term <laughs> a woman's right to shoes. <laughs> That's how much she admired Gloria Steinem. I cannot 
How? Why did Rory Steinem agree to do this? She's I love the original it. guilty feminist. She's the original guilty. She's feminist. a guilty feminist. She's the original guilty feminist. I mean, I love that Gloria Steinem did it. I really, really do. I thought Gloria Steinem was fantastic. So that's just a, a, a little wander down uh, last week's lane because we had to via go via Helen Gully Brown, who I do think Carrie's probably admired all her life. Mm. Um, Yes. So we're at this party. It's a big party. Yes. Fortunately, they've remembered to invite people this time. Because <laughs> last week they forgot to invite everyone. And she's dancing. Lisa's dancing with, with Anthony. Anthony. What a lovely... Anthony is an absolute star. He, he just, is underused. He just fizzes up the screen. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. want the Anthony spin-off. Oh, absolutely. Just the way he says every line is so endearing and funny. And he says the worst things in the funniest voice. And I love him so much for his terrible, terrible, terrible mind. I know he is a terrible mind. I'd love oh. to see. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to see what. I'd love to see the the work practices at this uh, bakery that he has. Oh, my God. So he, he's a great boss. He's a stand-up comedian in real life. Is he? Mm. That makes sense because the line delivery is very good. He's oh, very good. He's so funny. Um, so he's dancing and yes. uh, with Lisa Todd Wexler. And Lisa Todd Wexler, mm. gonna, we're going for another Easter egg. Oh, go on. Her husband is becoming what? George Washington. Uh, but Well, that's the costume. But IRL, oh, he's, the reason he doesn't like her dancing with another man so publicly. some sort of like officer, isn't it? What city. It? Control. Now, I thought that's what it was. I thought it was city controller. What now, it? Brits won't know this. I didn't know this. I mean, most oh, some Brits might. I how rude of me. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm ignorant of this. So everyone will be. I'm assuming. Yeah. But to us, it sounds like city controller. Yeah. I looked it up. It's city because I knew there was something weird about the way they're saying it. It's city comptroller. Comptroller. Where have we seen a city comptroller? Someone else running for city comptroller. In Sex and the City before. Is it Pissman? Yes! Oh, wonderful. What a beautiful wonderful. circle. <laughs> that, that, that Easter egg makes the shape of an Easter egg, comes all the way back around, baby. Beautiful. City Comptroller is what the urinating Republican. Wonderful. What he wanted. Oh, wow. To, to get. We don't know if he got it or not. We don't know. We, we, well, probably if he, if he gets Comptroller, then we'll see, like, like is it Jonathan... Oh, we'll see John, John Slattery. That's the name. Yeah, of the John actor. Slattery, who then was uh, a madman. Yeah. Oh, incredible! Uh, it, it, like he he just gives him like an empty office. He's like, I've been here for thirty years and I've destroyed everything. And like <laughs> that would be so brilliant. <laughs> that would be so brilliant if twenty years later the old comptroller yes. was leaving and the the office smells strangely of we. <laughs> Wouldn't it be? Oh, that would be <laughs> yeah. Smell it here. Why is there loads of newspapers? Mm. There's a lot of linoleum around here. Why but is it? I'd forgotten in that episode the twist in the tale of the episode where the uh, the man running for city comptroller, the yeah. John Slattery running for city comptroller, uh, asks her to pee on him is that she does a piss and tell column. Where yeah, she, she a piss writes... and tell. <laughs> Except she doesn't piss and tell, she just tells. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Stick a fork in you. Your dad, that's got piss and tell. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, Wonderful. my Che my like ego of being a stand up comedian who's come up with a witty turn of phrase is just, I'm exploding. I'm just going to oh. shout at you, get out of my house. <laughs> Explode it. Oh, my. Um, so, uh, so uh, Christopher Jackson, uh, who plays, is it Herbert? Is that his name? Herbert, yeah. And um, he's in, he's in Hamilton. Oh. <gasps> And he plays he plays George, George Washington. George Washington, of course he does. I've there just realized where I know him from. Oh, oh that's an organic egg. How Let did me... I not see it? I did think I've seen I feel like I've recognized that image of him in that costume. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he crawled across the bed, I was like, I, 
wait a second. Uh, yeah, he's George Washington. And Here comes the general, the pride of Mount Vernon. Uh, oh my God. And what a hottie. Like, yeah. What a hottie. They've got, a, they're, they're, they're a lovely couple. I don't mind I'm, that they're in it for about two minutes each episode. And I'm like, I'm going to see you be sexually active and be happy. You they know? are the sexiest couple. They're the hottest couple in the show. Yeah. There's no question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how beautiful is that woman? But I, oh. I knew I knew him from somewhere. Yeah. I couldn't figure out where. I didn't bother to IMDb. Of course. And it, there was the big hint. There he is, dressed as George Washington. It's a big old in joke. Yeah. And I literally see him dressed as George Washington. He comes and he goes, the British are coming. And she I says, know. that's Paul Revere. And he goes, yeah, but the president didn't say anything with funny with coming in the title. It's wonderful. It's <laughs> that's a so wonderful old school bit. sex in the city. And it's great. It's great. But she says, you might be running for comptroller, but you don't get to control me because he's trying to yes. worry about his image now. And he's like, well, they might see you dancing with another man and think yeah. thought. I feel like that he was, must have been stressed over something else and just said that to her at the party because it feels like it's it feels like a thing that character. he very out of character yeah but still but, uh, not, yeah. not cool and good to nip it in the bud look he can talk to me any way he likes if he puts on that wig it's fine you know there's yes. one final storyline that we really absolutely have to cover oh. and that is Seema dates a man who pumps his penis up yes objects to her gold plated vibretta on of the ground so it's too loud and not cool yeah tell me have you ever had a man object to a vibrator before no, you see. I think men usually like it, but don't they? Because they kind of think it takes the labour off, doesn't it? Yeah, you know what I mean. And they like, don't like work. And like, there's chemistry between them, Seema mm. and this dude. Mm. He's like a gin salesman. They meet each other in a in a very high class bar of a hotel. So I think they must be going back to his hotel room because he has. They're they're kissing on the bed for a while, and then he says, "I've got ED," uh, which if I'm being like, I was like, ED, like, this is wild. They're really going into, and then he's like, erectile dysfunction. And um, he took out a pump. She's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Like, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm, pump, pump up the jam, baby. Pump up the jam. Pump it up. Up, yeah. And it's like, uh, it's like, um, what are they called? You know those people around Camden who wear like top hats and goggles? Steampunk. It, it was like a very steampunk, steampunk mm. uh, contraption that they had. Uh, so many questions. And one, if you have erectile dysfunction, and it's going to be probably swimming in erectile dysfunction with that dating pool. You know, like, <laughs> not in this, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of, but it must come up. So it doesn't come up. Uh, it's just like, sorry. Yeah. It does. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it must yeah, be it's, it's going to happen. Why wasn't Viagra an option? Like... Maybe, Why did he, I don't know? Maybe he doesn't like to take it and it lasts too long or something like that. Maybe he prefers this more natural homeopathic remedy. Because it gives <laughs> a natural and like if so, like why why not go look? I've to use this contraption. Um, I'm gonna go into the bathroom and just do it, and I'll come back with an erection, and it'll be jobs are good. And if if you can just like wait to you know give me two minutes let me freshen up so to speak mm. you know uh, but then if you heard a man in there go the one I quite liked the fact that he just said it's no big deal this is what I have to do and I'm going to do it here I know I think probably the polite thing is to say would you rather I did it in the bathroom and you can you know get yourself yeah. Ready, I can imagine. And that would be a great time for a vibrator. It's like if she'd said, you use yours I'm and I'll use mine. I'm surprised that she only took out the vibrator at that point. Mm-hmm. Well, she like, did say to Carrie, I always have to get myself off at the end anyway, usually. And that was the saddest sentence I've ever, like, that made me, like, she's, I'm not, 
it's just like mm-hmm. it, it's not the saddest sentence I've ever heard but like uh, it made me I know she's comfortable in herself and everything like that and it's good to see people have sex but like if a man is if a man is coming he should at least have checked whether it's okay that he can do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, do you want anything done? I noticed you have. Yeah, or after. He should he be can, like, he can come and then he can do the other things you can do. He should be like Clippy out of Microsoft Word and just pop up and go, I noticed you haven't came. Uh, <laughs> would you like some help? With, could it, is there anything that I could do? Could I help you in any way? Yeah. Like, you know, it seemed like. Uh, um, but sometimes you can get there and then want to get there again. Absolutely. Because once you're on a roll, baby. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's like stand-up comedy. You get one laugh and then you go, oh, yeah. go, go, you go, go. You get greedy. You get Until greedy. a big crescendo greedy, at the end. Greedy for orgasms, but maybe only if you're a stand-up comedian do you want so many. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. she gets up this, it's either a gold-plated or solid gold vibrator. Ah, oh, it's wonderful. It but, was very, it was very her. But I think the the the, the generous lover thing to do is go, oh, do you want to, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, you know, because it might feel different if someone's using it. Do you want me to help, or do you like? Do you like doing that on your own, or I'll, you know? Yeah, sex I'm... toys should be treated like colleagues. It's like, have you met Brian? <laughs> um, <laughs> Brian's going to help us with this project. If that's all right, you if know that's all right, absolutely. <laughs> no, not um, Brian coming in at isn't. the end. Who's this? Isn't you're yeah. the boss of your own clitoris. If you want to bring Brian onto that project, <laughs> yeah, all the other Brian. colleagues, all they can do is meet Brian. <laughs> yeah, and go. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. We didn't know we needed anyone else, but apparently Brian's <laughs> Brian's doing a takeover. Over now. <laughs> yeah, it might be. It seemed like a hostile takeover, but yeah. <laughs> that's where we're at. Um, so I felt his reaction was uh, strange. Now maybe some men feel like that. Easter egg. Have we seen a man object to a vibrator before on Sex the City? I I, I can't remember. Yes, have, we have. We have. Have we? Samantha. Yeah. Of course, Samantha uses. Of course, Samantha uses yeah. a vibrator because yeah. she has a partner who is it? I don't know. She absolutely adores. She she's she's in love for the they first time. They have a very small penis. Yes. yes, and so she tries to bring a vibrator into the lovemaking. So maybe yes. while he's in there, and she says she can't feel it. Another and colleague. So she exactly. She says, yeah. "Can I? Can Brian? Brian get involved?" <laughs> and so she puts, I think, it down there. And yeah. He goes, and she says, "I thought it might be fun." And he goes, "What's that?" And she says, "What's that?" He says, "I think it might be more fun just with us," and turns it off. And I'm like, "Who are these men saying what you can and can't do with clip?" I just think. It's sexy to have, you know, look, it's no, if there are any men listening, and I'm sure there are, it's no insult to your penis unless your penis can vibrate. It's a colleague, like genuinely. But that nothing's going to feel the same as something vibrating. And unless your penis is an actual rampant rabbit, which means it can penetrate while vibrating on the clitoris, don't be offended. Yes. This is just technology you know, you use a car, you go and get tap water out of the tap, you use, you know, Google Maps. This is so true. It's just technology that has made the experience augmented. And if, if a woman wants to, or anyone else with a clitoris or anyone else who just enjoys a vibrator of any sort on any part of their anatomy, yes. then maybe don't make a big deal of it and enjoy watching her take care of herself. Or if you don't enjoy that, just go, ooh, I might leave you to it, but have a good time. There's nothing. There's nothing more like off-putting than someone being like cripplingly insecure that they have to go like. He and he walked off like such a baby pulling up his pants. But it, I love that part of Sex and City where you treat it almost like Aesop's Fables, 
where you're like, <laughs> you know. Aesop's yeah. slutty fables. Aesop's slutty fables and you're the insecure man and the, and the vibrator or whatever. And it's and I'm always thinking like, how would I feel during this? And I think, I think that's what I love about Sex and the City. And I think that's what I'm loving about and just like that. Is always imagining myself in those scenarios and going, what would I put up with? What would I mm. do? And it's definitely made me realise like I'm not as frigid or I always was like, I was always like, I, you don't really explore mm. your sexuality or, well, you, people do, but I'm just saying like, I just watch stuff and I go, ah, oh, I wouldn't mind that or I wouldn't be into that or whatever. And it's kind of, it's mm. great just to watch that on a TV show. And listen, if you've ever, if you've ever felt frigid and rigid, as, yeah. uh, which was actually our old comedy double act name when we were both Jehovah's Witnesses and Catholics. Yeah. A Jehovah's Witness and a Catholic walk into a bar. <laughs> frigid and rigid. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, if you've ever felt like that, this is a great show to kind of maybe open up those particular windows and go, oh, I wouldn't mind going through there. Oh, no, that one's not for me. Totally. And when people are judgmental, like when characters are judgmental in it, it just you, you're you almost at brunch sitting with them, having mm. a, a, you know, sucking up hollandaise out of a shot glass, just going, I don't mind that or whatever. Like, sucking up hollandaise out of a shot glass. That's what I feel I would do. <laughs> <laughs> you would be a great addition to the table and listen, they're adding characters all the time. All the so time, many. yeah. It's like trying to follow the Northern Line on Rush Hour moment it's like who's and what they're going on there totally totally but i really enjoyed this episode more than i suppose i'd enjoyed any episode of and just like that yes one final thing did you notice who directed this episode well i do it's cynthia nixon yes she can do anything it's very um it was a very well directed show uh do you know the like halloween party scenes how does how do you direct and act at the same time? Like, who calls cut? Does she just go act and they go, right, we're done, guys. Thank I you. I think she probably gets the first to call. She rehearses it, says where everyone should come in and stand and and directs the other actors for how, how you're feeling. She's already directed other episodes of this. She directed right. that one where they, in season one, where they were in the park together, that I thought uh, the checkered gingham tablecloth evoked Carrie's Durndal in the OG Sex I and the City. I love, you were so Sex in the City pilled. Like there is no detail you don't know. Have you been on Mastermind? I would be so embarrassed to do Mastermind as a Sex in the City. You, you would you would break records. I genuinely you think Mylene Class did Sex in the City season four and five <laughs> as, as a Mastermind. And I remember thinking, I think you've got to do the whole thing if you're doing a Celebrity Mastermind. But then, what if in the what if you got every question and then in the general round you just fell apart? No, I can't remember names under pressure. I would. Okay. I, I don't want to do it. Um. Yeah. I thought it was. I. I think it's a really good show. I love the music on it. Uh. I. I now go to the Spotify playlist, of what's been on, and I look up, uh, different songs oh, yes. and stuff. I think. I think I'm just like that is good for that, and I think it looks good, and. Uh, I just have to accept I'm a stand now. I think I was very much, do you know what it's like? It's like being at a party and uh, you don't like the people at the party straight away and you're like, this is shit and I'm going to leave, but you don't leave. And then eventually after four hours, you just have to accept. There's a reason you haven't left. Yeah, you like the party. You're a dirty pig like these other people at this party. I, I, I think... <laughs> I I need to be a completist of the Sex and the City canon because I think I loved the original series so much. Yeah. And it was so influential and meant so much. And it's just so well constructed. And you just, these, these, it's so brilliant. I watched one called, I think it was called One. And 
it was Brady's first birthday, number one. Oh, my gosh. At the same time, Carrie is invited to get up at one o'clock in the morning to go and see an art exhibition with the Russian. Yes. Um, Samantha dyes her uh, pubic hair red accidentally. Oh, And she calls herself Bozo the Bush, and there's a, a, (laughs) a, a clown with a red wig at the door. And when it's subtle things like when she goes to the Russian tea rooms to meet the Russian, she goes upstairs to a private dining room because he's so fancy. And she says, it's very red downstairs. And we've just seen Samantha with red pubic hair. Things like that. It was so light and so subtle. And everything was just woven together in so many ways. And when you look back on it now, you think there were so many more of those elegant touches than you Mm. even realised at the time. You would have to watch it several times to kind of see them all. But it was a show that was made to be watched again and again, but nothing was wasted. I don't think this is meant to be rewatched. I'm just like that. It doesn't feel like it is. Because things like Anthony saying to a guy, oh, I know you from the gym, i.e., you know, I've had sex with you in the sauna. Yeah. And the man just going... Well, this is my wife. You haven't. What was happening um, there? Th- but do it doesn't you think pay off. Met, do you no, think they... It doesn't pay off. Nothing happens because of it. It's it's just a random moment. It's like a slice of life moment, but that's never what Sex and the City was. Yeah, and I love that. I love the way he had his hand out, like it, grabbing. Like it was a. I thought it was a cool thing, but I was thinking. Was this guy, did this guy actually meet him and has a wife and was like, Shut Yeah, up. this guy is occasionally cruising. Yeah. But yeah. didn't want to admit that in front of his wife and didn't want to bump into Anthony, so pretended he didn't know him. But I would have liked to see at the end that guy walk into the sauna and Anthony see him there or, you know, like I would just like some little God, payoff. I, I knew it. I exactly. You. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, because they were just always, you know, from Aesop's slutty fables mm. to Aesop's slutty tables. And then you'd go <laughs> in and there'd be a Greek themed restaurant where Samantha would be trying to give someone a hand job under the table or something. Like it just, every <laughs> single thing paid off. I do want to see a bit more of Anthony. In, like if they if we're able so to much split, more. yeah so much more like you know Stanford's gone like that I want to know how he's feeling and everything and isn't am I am I wrong to it's never been mentioned that his husband has left him and gone to Japan for no reason yeah I think that was a sad ending I think he, they should have let Stanford die they really really should have because the actor died because well then it would require more time to be taken away from Che. And they're amazing. <laughs> I I just I I'm I'm I mourn Stanford. I think the the yeah. actor was so wonderful, the character was so wonderful, and I I want justice for Stanford, but I'm never gonna get it. I would find Stanford's funeral more uplifting and more funny than any stand-up that Shay has ever done on screen. <laughs> I would watch it a million times over. And I Listen, loved Stanford. <laughs> and if and just like that, writers, if you're listening. Please, please, can you say that Stanford dies in Japan and so that they have a funeral yeah. or memorial for Stanford so that Alison can be uplifted and we can just... I just feel we need to say goodbye to Stanford. Anyway, I thought this episode was uh, pretty successful mm. and really getting there mm-hmm. and a lot more fun than mm. anything we've seen before. I'm so happy it exists. I, I, am, I think it's worthwhile what everyone has done and I'm enjoying it. So, yeah. A friend of mine said to me, I just love the way Carrie's dressing now. She said, I, those layers and those coats, she said, that's like something I would wear. And I said, and I couldn't help wondering, have we become more like Carrie Bradshaw or has Carrie Bradshaw become more like us? Yeah. And in that spirit, (laughs) Alison, I think Carrie Bradshaw made us like her. We all started, you know, just doing a bit like the way you're dressed today. You might not be dressed like that if it wasn't, you know, like... 
that was just put into the ether, whether you watched it when you were younger or not, it's just mm. that sort of street fashion and stuff. It did influence talking yeah. about sex at I brunch. I want a necklace with my name on it. I'll get you that. Okay, there we go. You're dressed and that so is coolly. a contract, as we have heard with the hospital situation. <laughs> Deborah's <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. But you're wearing like, if it's okay to yeah, describe, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're wearing like incredible trousers with a graphic print, and you're wearing like uh, a little orange crochet halter top. That is yes. very the season. Those halter tops are everywhere. They are, and yes. you've really rocked them. And I saw you actually. Mm-hmm. Someone put you up as a celebrity wearer of one of those. Oh, this bow. Bo Bo Carter. Bo Carter, yeah. Yeah. She made me a lovely crochet top. Uh, Thank you, Bo Carter. And everyone should have a look at Bo Carter fashion because she's super uh, ethical and makes it all and it's gorgeous stuff. It's very high quality. I've accepted accepted that, like, uh, I like clothes. I like wearing clothes. I like wearing different clothes. Carrie has good style. Carrie does. Carrie does. Yeah. I think we've become a bit more like Carrie, but as Carrie's got older, she's become a bit more like us as well. She's not now going out with like a, a... scarf tied around her arm and then you know a scarf tied around her head whilst sucking on a lollipop you know yes so I feel like it's we've met in the middle Carrie Bradshaw we see you we we still love you yeah despite it doesn't really matter now at this point just (laughs) just keep coming back we're coming back for more absolutely absolutely Alison is there anything you came to say you didn't get to say or anything you'd like to plug oh I've got to plug my Edinburgh show I'm doing a show called Soup. It's on every day at 1.25 in Monkey Barrel uh, Hive. Please come along to that. I'm also doing a new metal karaoke night the last Sunday of the Fringe in Monkey Barrel at 20 past 11. Comedians are going to be singing Papa Roach, uh, uh, Limp Biscuit, just absolute dross from the early 2000s, late I, 90s, and I, I can't do, wait. Do and, I'm not, and I'm trying to say, oh yeah, comedians aren't up themselves or narcissistic. I'm hosting a karaoke night. I do believe Che Diaz sang. <laughs> uh, and... and at a night where they then they then asked Miranda, they then told Miranda, I'm off to LA. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I'm living my best. I've ordered a t-shirt. I've ordered a, a Che Diaz comedy concert t-shirt. That's Have good. you? Yeah, it's coming in time for the Fringe. I'm going to wear that about. Absolutely love I that. I really, really can't Absolutely wait. Absolutely love that. I think yeah. you've really nailed what they're parodying. I feel, and I, I feel so you're, clever. You're the only one in the world who's realised it. And this episode is going to go viral because of you. <laughs> Absolutely. And then I, w- I hope that you tell your partner you need a couple of nights alone. <laughs> oh, look, my exact, I think, yeah, 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 yeah. I think all, all stand-up comedians' partners, they need, like, we need to set up a charity for stand-up comedians' partners that they can get a break. Maybe we can open up a Butlins for a weekend. And just let them have fun, be free range, run around, talk about themselves for once, not have to hold on to the emotions of comedians. I do feel like Simon might be a bit of a Steve. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like yeah, Simon's yeah, very yeah. Steve. You've you've got you've you've bagged yourself a Steve. I've, and I'm hold on to that Steve. No well, change until Che comes along, and she, <laughs> Simon will be just absolutely doing chin ups, doing punching a punching bag. Yeah, my when I leave my best friends piss themselves when they're ill, and I'm just in the kitchen with Che. <laughs> That was, I mean, how do yeah? It's a uh, yeah. if only that comptroller had been there when Carrie wet herself <laughs> in that bed. It's all he'd wanted. I was thinking it's all that. he wanted. I was thinking that they were just there at the wrong place. I at bet the wrong he was time. watching that. I bet John Slatter was watching that, going, "Yeah, baby." <laughs> 
have been listening to the Guilty Feminist Watches and Just Like That with me, Deborah Francis White, and my very special guest, Anson Spittle. The producer of the Spontaneity Shop is the long-suffering Tom Selinsky, husband of JTS. The Guilty Feminist is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Just Like That is on Max in the United States, Sky Comedy, and now in the UK. See you next time for episode six, Bomb Cyclone, which very much sounds like Chase involved and can I just say on my Instagram I've just put a picture of Tom when I met him looking so hot and Britpop oh let's see so if you can have a little look at that I will and I want you to leave this in Tom look at that what Tom I know you're a smoke show holy shit I know I know holy shit I know and he's uh, wow he's he's morphed into more of a John Slattery type And you can follow at Tom Selinsky on Instagram because at the moment he's doing his pocket squares, oh. but as reels. So you get a little bit of music and you see what pocket square he's wearing today. He's totally wow. morphed from Britpop hot into John Ooh. Slattery. But, oh my God. and I will be clear about this, he's not once ever asked me to pee on him. <laughs> so I'm still waiting, know. maybe tonight's the night. <laughs> <laughs> and Thank you so with much. that, over and out. <laughs> <laughs>